We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There's so many people out there, though. And, I, and, and listen, I know baseball players make a ton of money to play baseball, and I realize that. But the nature of the business is winning. And, and the nature of the business, these fans want to see winning players out there helping their teams win. And these, there's winning players that don't have jobs, and they're not – I don't think they're getting offered anything. You know, they're, I think they're getting the squeeze put on them, honestly. Do you think that we're headed toward – World War Three in a few years when the CBA is up. Yeah, I, I think unless something changes, they're going to be a strike 100. percent Yeah, and I mean, and I don't think anybody's hiding that. I think that's, I think there's, uh, you know, you, I just worry people are going to walk out mid-season. You know, really? I don't. I mean, I don't know what. I mean, what if what if no one signs Bryce Harper and Manny Machado? Wow. That's Adam Wainwright, St. Louis Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. Um, that's not just doom and gloom. That's um, like apocalyptic stuff right there. Bruce Levine, Matt Spiegel here in Chicago. Bruce Levine out there in Arizona on Inside the Clubhouse. Yeah. I, have you heard that mentioned anywhere yet? That- no, nobody's walking out. They're not walking out in midseason because none of these players are prepared for a strike right now. You know, talking about it and being prepared to alter your lifestyle for the next year and a half of not making any money mm-hmm. and, and the lifestyle that they're accustomed to and that they're built into because of the, the money they make, uh, they're not prepared. So that that's not going to happen. Uh, what's, what, is, what is apparent and what is real is the frustration and the realization for these players right now that uh, the owners are not offering 10-year deals. The owners are not offering three- and four-year deals to many players that are 30 years and older. It's more of an age discrimination maybe than it is collusion because they look at uh, the metrics of what's to be expected now of players that sign long-term contracts that are 30 years and older, and they don't like what they see. They don't like what's occurred in the past in these contracts. They don't like the projections of what's going to happen in the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh year of these contracts that people have signed now. So, so that, from that perspective, mm-hmm. if you want to call it collusion, you can. Uh, and maybe eventually they, they file a lawsuit against Major League owners but it's so hard to from prove my perspective that. it's so hard to prove that though bruce from my perspective it's it's just good business you know the the date that we should be thinking about is december 1st 2021 so the idea of something mm-hmm. happening this soon is is you know it is 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 not is, is, is not going to happen but no. if we get all the way to 2021 and we've dealt with another couple of off seasons of a cold war like this and we're in the middle of 2021 that's when it will will get more conceivable that the players would try to do something with whatever leverage is there i'm all for players being free agents every year okay they they should be they can be uh and it would correct the market very rapidly um, they should also there should also be a ceiling and a base 
on uh, money spent. That has to uh, go hand in hand. If yeah, those it, it, it has to. And, and, Matt, if you flood the market with free agents like they have right now, uh, it corrects the market, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not a, a players or an owners guy. I'm for, uh, you know, sports where it's affordable for the fans first, okay? It's gotten to the point where what we're hearing is owners are saying, you know what? We cannot charge any more money. We're maxed out in our uh, regional networks. We're maxed out in our national network income. We're maxed out in prices we can charge tickets. So now it's between you and me, being them and the players, to decide how prudently we can handle the revenues coming in because we can't project any more money from here. So now... We're going to have to be better businessmen when it comes to sharing these revenues. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's another business uh, plan that they have to come up with. Well, you know, th- there's so many issues, and they're all being shelved for now until we get to that stoppage, unless they come up again in the off season. Like the only things that are that are still in play really are pace of play rules. Everything else is getting shelved, and they have a couple more years to figure that out. It's just. You know, it, it, it's so interesting. Did you read um, or, and hear, and, and maybe these happen in front of you, but when Brad Brock, mm-hmm. the newest Cubs reliever, and he said this Friday morning and talk, yep. talking about the market for him, said, quote, it was stressful. It kind of mm-hmm. dragged on forever. You hear about interest in the first week, then you don't get offers until late December, January, and you're just kind of wondering what's going on. Teams say they like you, but they're not making you any offers. Then you finally get offers, and six or seven teams are giving you the same offer. Guess what? Brad Brock had a up-and-down season last year, did he not? Sure. Okay. So what entitles him to a three- or four-year contract? Well, no, I, I, I understand that. What I find interesting well, is he that— does, he does not. No, no. But the part of it that I find interesting, and he did comment on, is the six or seven teams giving him the same exact offer. Sure. Because he got a reported $4.35 million, one-year mm-hmm. guaranteed— and uh, he said, I really don't know what to make of it. We talked to certain teams and they told us, quote, we have an algorithm and here's where mm-hmm. you fall in that scale. It's just kind of weird that all offers are the same, that come around the same time. And everybody tells you there's an algorithm, but you figure teams have different ones. But I don't know. So there you go. Th- that's a guy who thinks it feels like collusion. But we've talked about like the wisdom and the group think that has gone on is every front office has gotten smarter. There are no stupid front offices left, Bruce. Well, and is collusion is it collusion when people come up to the same idea about players now and the fact that you know what uh, after a seven or eight or nine year career and the attrition on your arm and an up and down season, mm-hmm. you are a one year player, okay? And we're going to pay you a good salary to pitch for one year. Nothing wrong with $4.3 million for a middle reliever, is there? I mean, is, does he have to make 8 or $9 million? No. Uh, I mean, uh, again, uh, I sound, I can hear myself sounding like I'm on the owner's side. I am not. What I'm, I'm on the fan side for saying and yelling up and down and screaming, I'm not paying any more money to go to a game. I know you have regional TV networks, but I'm not going to pay an absorbent amount of money to watch it, okay? Uh, I have other things, other ways of getting my satisfaction with sports now. I don't need to necessarily come to your games. I don't need to watch your games necessarily in this conventional style 
to enjoy the game of baseball. You know, Brad, and, and I think everybody's listening right now. I, I think you're right. You know, and a guy like Brad Brock, there are so many people who could have fit in that exa- exact same box and are available. Sergio Romo just signed a one-year deal down in, uh, in Tampa. There, there are so many guys. You know, rarely you get a guy like Adam Odovino or Joe Kelly coming off a really good year and a free agent, and they get a multiple-year deal. More than likely, it's a ton of guys getting one-year offers, no matter how good they might have been. Cause that, so it makes sense from a bullpen perspective. The, the troubling ones are the superstars at age 26. Th- those yeah. are the ones, and that's why everybody's talking about it, because well, two they, superstars at 26 are sitting there on They're side. turning down deals for $30 million a year. Hmm. Think yeah, about that for a minute. You had been speculating about a short-term, big-money deal for either Machado or Harper. It seems like... Bryce Harper looked that reality in the face with the San Francisco Giants and decided against it, right? You know, there, there have been people reporting that that was offered. There have been people reporting it was not offered uh, in, that, in, in that way. So mm-hmm. w- what we do know is that um, when it comes to Harper and Machado, they have two agents, okay? Dan Lozano represents Manny Machado, and we know Scott Boris represents – Bryce Harper. It's February the 16th, right? Okay, so camps are going on. Neither one of these guys wants to be the first to take an offer now. Now it's more about can we leave years and money on the table if one guy signs first and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we're trapped that that's what our guy has to sign on? So I think this is more about the agents, what they expected from this free agent uh, these two free agents as far as money in years and now trying to find those deals for these two guys you know and i think you're right that you've got agents and players now worried about well if you know if machado gets this then what's arenado going to get next year you know how one thing leads to another in this in this game and uh, the capacity for fans and we we want to hear your opinion 312-644-6767 what what capacity do they have for guys turning down Thirty million dollar deals for six, seven, eight years. I mean, what? Uh, where, where? Where is? What's their feeling about that? Is do they deserve ten year contracts? Do they deserve twelve? The last twelve year deal I think was offered, or thirteen year deal was Giancarlo Stanton, and I think the Yankees regret that at this point. Yeah, it's it's a really quick turnaround to be thinking about that for a guy that stature and that age. the The issue to me is the is twenty six. I keep coming back to thinking about. The absolute prime and potentially a couple bad years and, on the and back two, but end. But two for guys, these guys that have already been injured. Uh, one guy for sure mm-hmm. has had multiple injuries. The other guy had uh, his range taken away a little bit because of a uh, a, a leg operation. So you know, it's not. It's not. They're twenty six, but they're they have their flaws. You know, and and the thing is, Bruce, it's like. And front offices know this, and I think fans can sometimes forget it. But I, I was struck as I was reading something today about the Padres and Manny Machado and how, boy, if they signed Manny Machado, would they then try to uh, bump up their timeline? Because right now it's been next year and beyond as a contention window for the Padres in their mind. But when they sign Machado, would they then bump it forward? It's not like he alone bumps up their timeline. It's, it's like what one player in baseball yeah. doesn't change an entire organization's timeline. It, it 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 it's the same as if the White Sox did it. It might force you to think a little more aggressively, but one guy doesn't make the kind of difference at certain points in an organization's life cycle. 
I agree with you, Matt. But it, there is a perspective of selling tickets and marketing involved with these two guys. But you've kind of blown it for this year. You're not selling more tickets right now in the off season with either one of these guys signing right now. There, there's a, a different aspect uh, going on. You're not going to put them on a media guide or make a grand tour of them at this point because the season is is approaching quickly and it's going to be hard enough for these guys just to get in camp get assimilated uh, with their teammates get ready for a season so seriously uh, there, there's 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 some real difficulties in signing late with these teams it's a good point if you're the white Sox and you're thinking about going 220 240 million for manny machado or whatever you wanted it to be part of you know you asking for season tickets a month a month and a half ago give my friend brooks boyer a chance okay give him give him a some time to sell some tickets and, you know, get the bobbleheads going. You know, you have to have the bobbleheads on mm. on hold right now. Those take, you know, a good 12 to 16 weeks to order, you know, when you bring them in from, well, I don't know if you can bring them in from other countries anymore. I, yeah, I, I don't know what the trade rules are. Thank you for taking us to politics. This is Al in Orland Park on 670 The Score. Al, you're on Inside the Clubhouse. How are you guys? Now, it, very interesting conversation. Uh, and Matt Bruce had said that uh, you know, he sounds like uh, uh, he's not a management guy, but that's management's position. I'm a rank and file guy, no matter what industry you talk about. And to think that there's not an understanding or at least collusion, really, between the owners is naive at best. Mm-hmm. I, 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 would say not, that, I wouldn't argue that. I would not argue that. And but, and, uh, and but what's and, the end game? What's the end game? Right, to there, that? there's an end game to let labor decide what the end game is. I and mean, when 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 management, when CEOs make 312 times what the average worker makes. I think it's time to sign on. This, uh, you know, it's time to go on the side of rank and file. If, oh. if, if you said or a question was asked that uh, is thirty million dollars not enough, well, that's not us for us to decide. You know, let there be an open market, and let 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 everyone decide what that is. And, um, the owners are not stupid; they're not going to go broke. Right. No, and in, and in fact, the portion of revenue that's being allotted to salary has not increased while the revenue has increased. It's, it, it's, just, it's just a fact, but, you know, the market is what the market is. The point is, for me anyway, Bruce, is I agree about the Albert Pulses of the world, the Miguel Cabreras of the world, those kind of deals that we've all seen turn real ugly real fast. When you've got guys at age 26 who cannot get the kind of offers that they expected to get – that's when you look around and say, man, this well, is broken. I just don't agree. I mean, I, I th- we don't know the offers that they've gotten. We, all, the only one we've reported is uh, the, the Chicago White Sox in a seven-year deal that could average $30 million a, a year, okay? Do, so, do, do you believe that Harper got the offer of, of 10 years, 300 from the Nats and turned it down? I know it was on the table until November 7th. So there's, so there, there's uh, an November offer. November 7th is like... Three and a half months ago, almost already. Mm-hmm. So no, that was taken down. Then, yeah, he was using that. You know, Boris was using that as a part of his negotiation. Hey, we have a ten-year deal on the table. What well, hasn't been there since November seventh? That I know for a fact. It's six seventy. The score. The phone lines are open. You got White Sox calls up there, Cubs calls, and of course this national conversation as well. He's Bruce Levine, and he is out there in Arizona. I'm Matt Spiegel. It is inside the clubhouse. This hour brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Keep it right here on six seventy. The score. It is inside the clubhouse right here on 670, the score. Man, I'm getting hungry. Gonna have to get some Kreplach at Max and Benny's. It's on its way. Your wish is their command at Max and Benny's. You know, they deliver 
in the Chicagoland area. $200 or more on an order, and uh, it's free delivery, man. Wow. You know, so, I, uh, well, order, that's it. order now and order often. $200 worth of Kreplock on its way for all score employees today, courtesy of me and Max and Benny's. Um, Bruce Levine, lots of, uh, lots of calls out there and a wide array of topics for White Sox Cubs and the big picture conversation we were having. Let's start with Owen in Willowbrook. Owen, you're on Inside the Clubhouse with Matt and Bruce. What's happening? Hey, hey guys. Um, you know, last year I was kind of down on Anderson at the beginning of the year, the first half, but the second half of the year he really came on, I thought. I'm just kind of curious if you guys kind of get your take on this. If they sign Mankata, and they end up moving Anderson from short. How do you think that affects his progression as a ball player? And then secondly, real quick, Madrigal is the same age as Mankata. If he has a super, super, super spring training, you think he makes the team? Thank you, Owen, for the call. I was about, uh, handle Nick Madrigal first, if you would, Bruce Levine. Nick Madrigal needs a full season in the minor leagues. They think full meaning maybe four months, Matt. Sep- August or September could be a call-up, and he could be the – White Sox, second baseman of the future from that point on. That's the plan. That's the internal plan of the White Sox. They believe he's that progressed after having a great college career, mm-hmm. that four months after a few months last year in the minor leagues, and this guy is going to be the uh, spark plug and the number two hitter in the second baseman for the Chicago White Sox. They, they, That's they, the plan. They, he missed a couple of names in there. And, and, and facts, Madrigal is 21 uh, as of right now. Yoan Moncada is 23. But I believe he was talking about if Manny Machado is signed and they have to move Tim Anderson. Right. right. If I followed along. You know, it's a, it's a great problem to have, isn't it? That means that you have another great player that's going to plug in for a long period of time, and Anderson might end up being an outfielder. Um, I've seen, you know, great infielders with that are physically talented, uh, great athletes who are better in the outfield than they were in the infield. That might be the career of Tim Anderson. That might be the way it goes because he's going to hit. I mean, we've seen – We've seen him come on uh, mm-hmm. from a, from just a very good athlete with little baseball experience to becoming right in front of our eyes a, a better baseball player, and I think that's going to continue this year. Yeah, I'm a fan of him as a guy and as a ball player, and in terms of the work that he's put in and the improvement, and really th- those last three or four months, him defensively was was kind mm-hmm. of a revelation at, at shortstop, and the, the the power and the speed is there. I don't know if the OBP will ever get to where it needs to be for top of the order, but there's, there's a lot of tools there for Tim Anderson. Uh, what's interesting about Machado is if he goes to San Diego, and Fernando Tatis Jr. is penciled in as their shortstop for like the next five or six years, probably to come up at some point this year. Right. So it, 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 he's, he's a got... young guy that a lot of the scouts think might body might outgrow shortstop because he's going to be a big shortstop. Okay, mm. he's and he maybe he's the third baseman, you know. But again, good problems to have when you have great talent like Tatis and Machado. This is Brian in St. Charles. Brian, you're on the score. What's going on? Hey, hi there, guys. Hey, I, I work for the airlines. I do a lot of labor work, too, and I think uh, this whole collusion thing is going to be completely unsustainable. And in every market now, we are using different software technology to see what people are worth. I think Bryce Harper and Manny are just uh, guys that are, uh, I think have come up for contracts in a bad time, and I can't see if they would go on strike in the next couple of years if anybody would really be empathetic uh, it's just kind of the nature of the game, unfortunately. 
So, so what was your corollary with with the airline business? Just that that guys will that people have been using software to to measure your value, and is it pretty even across the industry for you? Yeah, like like I'm a pilot, so mm-hmm. a seven forty seven guy in the market today, or I should say, actually now uh, as triple seven guy, is not getting the same amount in the market value that he would in the past, uh, just because. We've got too many triple seven guys out there. Uh, if things change, if there becomes more and more, and there is a shortage of pilots, right. then in the way we negotiate, then we could maybe make more. But it just depends how the market is, and I don't think there's right. any way that the uh, players are going to be able to change that market uh, unless they're willing to go for less or more money, but less years and stuff. Supply and demand, uh, Matt. Yeah, absolutely, and. The other issue is that uh, the players, from their perspective, they're very unique in, in that they are not only the worker bee, but they are the product. And that's, that's tremendously unique when it comes into sports, right? Because that, that, that's not the, the same comparison to other businesses because you're, you're not also the product as well as the worker, and that's the uniqueness about um, a sports athlete. It's uh, the bottom of the hour here, brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. The Chicago Wolves have been providing affordable winning hockey for 25 years. Celebrate tomorrow at 3 as the Wolves host the Iowa Wild at Allstate Arena. Enjoy free parking courtesy of Kia and discounted concession items. Visit ChicagoWolves.com. It's the the theoretical specialness of these guys. Bryce mm-hmm. Harper um, cover of Sports Illustrated while in high school, number one pick overall, has thoroughly lived up to the billing, a rookie of the year, an MVP, a six-time All-Star. Manny Machado, these first five years are up there with the greatest in the history of the game for a man in these first five years, and he plays phenomenal defense at third, acceptable defense at short. They're, these are not the guys who should be underpriced, like you watched well, Eric Hosmer be last again, year, Mike Moustakis last year, guys who should not be underpriced. Underpriced being what? What is underpriced? Underpriced is... Um, uh, you insist they should have 10-year contracts? I, I don't insist, but I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm very surprised that they're not getting the 10s. I, I, you, I'm very would surprised. Would you do it? If you were Theo Epstein, if you were Rick Hahn, if you were A.J. Preller, the Padres... Would you give a 10-, 12-year contract easily at this point in time to a, you know, just just forget about 26. Mm-hmm. Think about uh, injuries. Think about attrition. Think about the game itself. Think about the injuries these guys have already had. Yeah. And and do you really th- – are you going to be really comfortable with years 7, 8, 9, and 10? And, and, and the fact that universally around the game, the most valuable thing is cheap talent. It is absolutely the most valuable thing and what it allows you to do with, with other things. I would do it if I was a club that had the ability to, like the Phillies. And that's why the Phillies are dying, too. They have a $5 billion TV deal, half of which comes in rights fees and annual like equity payouts that they're getting that, that kicks in right now. They've got the money. They want to do this. you know. So it, certain organizations have it and want to do it. Think of this perspective. You, if Manny Machado signs a seven-year deal or more, that means that he will be with the Chicago White Sox longer than most likely Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez. Okay, that is a marriage. That's a long-term marriage and projecting not only 
your rebuild and hopefully some runs at a championship, but also another rebuild. Take it that far, okay? Think about the fact that this might outkick your window of trying to win a championship and going back into another <laughs> rebuild, right? I mean, that that is the possibility when you're talking seven years because everybody that's going to be on that 25-man roster other than Eloy April, 7, April 15th will be a free agent before Manny Machado or Harper become free agents again. Uh, yeah, it's funny. You, you you could end up, obviously, with a couple of years of bad money on the tail end, and then you're looking for a partner, like the Red Sox found in the Dodgers a few years ago with the bailout trade and Josh Beckett and Carl Crawford. you got to find somebody to help you out in situations like that. Uh, this is Kevin in Hillsdale on the score. What's up, Kevin? How are you? Hi, guys. Um, Spiegs, I just wanted to say that uh, you make the score better. Uh, I'm about an hour late here. My my original call was about uh, Addison Russell, and uh, I'm going to bring in Cream Hunt too. The common thread between so many of these situations is is alcohol, and yet nobody has said anything about alcohol rehab for any of these guys. Um, talking about the subject you're you're on right now, I, I think a simple revenue sharing with veterans getting a bit more of it between the league and all the players is an answer that might, you know, they can sign their contracts like now, but uh, common revenue sharing, mm-hmm. uh, not a bad idea. I that That's what I've got. Hey, Kevin, thank you. I, I think any therapist and any true therapy program worth its salt that's dealing with be it uh, anger issues or conceptual issues about what is domestic violence and trying to teach someone and, and better them, any, any therapist worth their salt is addressing the substance and or possible addiction issues as well. It is, it is a mul- usually a multiple diagnosis, a, you know, a, a, at least a, a dual diagnosis, um, I, although that's hard to get somebody on board with and it's hard to force that sort of thing. But... It's obviously a massive factor in incidents and situations like this. You know, Matt, I'm a, I don't drink, but I'm angry all the time. Yeah. I, I, um, I, need, I need my help for different reasons. I am, that's uh, why I show up every Saturday to talk to you. I'm, uh, I'm feistier uh, when I drink. And uh, drinking begets more drinking uh, for me and is, is, is dangerous. And I've, uh, you right. know. I, I, like it. I like the guy's idea about the revenues. And I think that, <laughs> that that's, that's true, that the... The, the revenue sharing is what it what should be all about. There's revenue sharing between the owners. There has to be revenue, uh, a closer number mm-hmm. in revenue sharing between the players and the owners. That's that's where the deal can be made. And that goes back to my conversation with you about 20 minutes ago that they are maxing out as far as how much they can drain from fans, okay? Ultimately, fans pay for every single thing when it comes to Revenue is going to the teams and the players. When they say, well, they don't go to the games, you're still paying a bigger amount. You're still paying more for their app. Mm. You're paying more for um, watching the games on the regional networks. You're going to see that you know, as part of your cable bill. You're not only paying for those regional networks, you're paying a tax on top of that. Mm-hmm. Look at the bottom of your bill, and you'll see a tax on top of that, uh, especially if you live in the city of Chicago. So. So I think the realization is 
they're maxing out in revenues and they have to come up with a better way to share. There's been an assumption, Bruce, that the Cubs, once, once the TV deal became official, that it would be this massive immediate influx of cash. The Phillies, as I mentioned earlier, got a delayed equity stake in their network, um, which has now fully kicked in and has given them upwards of about supposedly 150 to $200 million a year that is just coming in. And that's why they're, they've got that locked and loaded with part of the, um, the advertising revenue as well. We know the Cubs are going to see an increase over the roughly $70 million that they're getting in broadcast rights fees this season. But what else do we know about future income for this television network? Equity distributions is uh, a phrase we're getting right. familiar we, with. We don't know because we don't know how many distributors are going to be able to pick up along the way. We don't know what uh, sales are going to be along the way. A lot of it's on the come. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, they're getting a rights fee, but we don't know exactly what that is going to be. And uh, we don't know uh, what the sales are going to be up about. Distribution is going to be key. Uh, you know, again, go back to the Dodgers deal, $8.35 billion over 25 years, but 35% of the market sees the game. Right, and but they, they got that money up front, though. Like, here you go, here's your pile. It's not happening now. No, it's not the way it works. And, and uh, as we've talked about before, that the rights fees – that section is um, they do have to do the revenue sharing. They have to pay, you know, like I think 34 percent of that has to go back in for the revenue sharing. Right. It's, it's the other stuff. It's the equity distributions. It's the sales and and, uh, and advertising revenue that is the teams and only the teams. Right. And what, what happens when the team uh, goes into uh, a rebuild in three or four years? If that happens, wh- where do where do all these uh, where does the revenue stream Start and stop then. Uh, you know, again, is this market sustainable forever like the Yankees or the Red Sox? Is this a, a something that's going to con- con- continue on, or is that a lot of blue sky that we're, we're buying right now? 312-644-6767 is the phone number. 6711 is how you text us. It's inside the clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine out there in Arizona. I'm Matt Spiegel. Me and Nick Shipkowski at the top of the hour, continuing on until 2. Keep it right here on 670 The Score. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse from 670 The Score. He's Bruce Levine out there in Arizona. I'm Matt Spiegel here in Chicago. Uh, Bruce, Texture says, I've always wanted to ask what is Kreplach. Sounds like some Klingon food from Star Trek. No, Kreplach is like um, the... Jewish Mastacholi. Yeah. Oh, see, I would say more like a Jewish ravioli. Yeah, that's that's probably close. Like a yeah. dumpling, like it's like a pierogi yep. or a pot sticker. It's a dumpling. It's yes. a, it's a dumpling, and it's um it's tremendous in chicken soup. Perhaps either with the it's matzo ball highly, or next to it. Highly flavored, highly salted. Mm-hmm. Um, check with your doctors. Yes. And when I open my dumpling truck, Bruce, and I sell dumplings of the world to everybody, Kreplach will be very well represented. I cannot wait. I'll I'll keep you in the loop. This is Paul on the north side on 670 The Score. Hello, Paul. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, man. Love the show. Um, so as just a fan, as, as a layman, what I'm trying to understand is basically the ratio because we we get, like, the the player side of something. Like, they're, they're looking for a certain uh, amount of money, and you get the, the ownership. 
and there's, there's this conflict, and I, I feel like the fan doesn't quite understand how, how these ratios are, are, are created. Because, like, if, if baseball is – there's so much analytics in baseball, and you know that there's dollar amounts placed on these certain values. And so we're, we're trying to understand, like, how, how you evaluate certain projections, certain, you know, how players execute and how they come up with dollar amounts and how you put values on players. And I think that's the biggest discrepancy that we're facing. It's just like we can't get – we can't wrap our head around, like, the value of a player – and they have, they have, they have, they have algorithms. They have formulas that will spit out a number exactly what the teams think a guy is worth. And like Brad Brock said, he got six or seven offers, and they were all for almost exactly the same amount and length of time. See, the other sports have hard caps. Okay, so the the negotiated amount of revenue shared is there in their negotiations. In baseball, it's not, and it's also. Baseball is artificially stimulated, as far as salaries go, by the arbitration system that doesn't exist in other sports. So the arbitration system starts to project and move your money based on similar players that uh, had the same results in uh, their careers at a similar point in time between years one and uh, three, and then from three to six. And that's where you start to get the, getting the jumping off point of you know guys like uh, Bright, uh, like like Bryant getting ten point eight million dollars in his first year of arbitration. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's based on that system. It's comparative, and then eventually it's a jumping off point for where salaries end up. Hey Bruce, um, and the Cubs will start with five starters. Uh, and then how many relievers you think? Eight? Nine? Yeah, it's it's eight. It's eight. Yeah. That's well, the, the common number out there for everybody now. All right. Well, then y- you stop me when I've come across a name that is not a lock to make this team. Okay. You ready? Go ahead. Pedro Strope, Steve Ciszek, Mike Montgomery, Brad Brock, Carl Edwards Jr., Brandon Kinsler. Stop. Five million dollars for Brandon Kinsler. Yeah, they, they would they would like to move that contract. Absolutely. But it, but keep going. All right, Brian Dunsing. Stop. In year two of an extension, when the first year was was a big old bust last year. And I believe they owe him. I'm trying to remember the number this year, but again, uh, stop on those two because okay. they're move, hopefully movable, but not a lock. Xavier Cedeno. I think he's a lock. I don't know. I mean, he signed a non-guaranteed deal. Yeah, and it's so, only for nine hundred grand, but real, right. real good, they n- really real good need, numbers. They really need that left-hander. Yes, they do. Real good yep. numbers from last year. Um, Randy Rosario to start the year. Stop. Okay. Um, Tyler Chatwood to make this team. Well, he, he either does or you pay off his contract. You know, there's thir- there's twenty six million dollars left on this contract. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be spent at Iowa. So from that perspective, he pitches for you, he pitches for someone else, or you pay him off. So Strope, Edwards, Ciszek, Montgomery, um, Brock is five of them. Mm-hmm. And then if we're looking at three more, I think Cedeno is going to make the team. 
And then you're talking about Chatwood. I didn't even mention Barnett and Brian mm-hmm. Dunsing and Kinsler and Rosario. Some of those guys are not going to are not going to get on. Yeah, and you have the really good pitchers who've been around for a while, like uh, George Cantos, who's going to uh, vie for a job as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have they have a lot of guys that uh, could end up potentially there, but uh, the guaranteed contracts, like the one for Dunsing and Kinsler, uh, those are things that. You know, scouts will be looking at the Cubs, and they will be a viable trade uh, uh, objects for other teams. And then when I go to the White Sox and I look at Ian Hamilton and Caleb Frere, are these two young guys with very good arms, and then four real good legit arms at the back end if they can stay healthy. Alex Colome, Kelvin Herrera, Nate mm-hmm. Jones, Jace Fry, Edwan Manaya in there, Dylan Covey if he's not your fifth yeah. starter. I, I, I'll take a lot the of White... options, though, for the, for the White Sox because – Covey? No, all those guys have options left to go to the minor leagues. They all have options left. Except for the veterans that you named at the beginning. Right. And I didn't even mention Brandon Morrow, who will not be part of things for at least, what, the first month? It is is a numbers game. But some of these things, as they say in baseball, work their way out through injuries and Mm -hmm. uh, needs from other teams. So when when Epstein and Hoyer talk about this was the most they've ever worked in the offseason, it's not going to stop. This is a... Full blown, you know, three hundred and sixty five day job for these guys right now, and it, yeah. it's not going to get any easier. No one should feel bad for them, but uh, they they have been working their butts off. And um, I'm, I'm interested. I know we're up against the clock here, but uh, when you get a chance, uh, people should read the article by our friend Jim O'Donnell, who writes for the uh, Daily Herald now, insisting that this may indeed be the last year for Theo Epstein. And that he may have had enough, considering the off the field issues that have occurred for the Chicago Cubs and uh, some of the things that might not be palatable for him going forward. It's been a grumpy off season. Uh, that's that's for sure. But I, I've always been of the mind that he plays out that second five year contract. It's a nice even decade, just as he wrote about yeah, years ago. The Bill to- Walsh rule. It's close to thirty million dollars left too. Mm, yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, hard sc- to hard to replace that job. If, with being a U.S. senator or mayor from Chicago, doesn't doesn't quite get there. How about um, how about the commissioner of the sport of his choice? What do we think about that? That would be great. He's got some options. Um, the bottom of the hour is brought to you by Lakeside Bank. Why do banks make banking so incredibly complicated? At Lakeside Bank, they make banking incredibly easy. No hoops to jump through. Our bankers have the experience and authority to get things done fast. They've made banking simple. Join them, Lakeside Bank. It's about time. So this week, Matt, we'll be looking at players and what positions they're going to play. Uh, the Cubs, it's going to be interesting to see how many games Zobris gets into. Is uh, Baez uh, going to be pushed eventually by Russell in May? Does Russell make it? On the White Sox side, are Anderson and Mancada impacted by uh, Manny in that talk? It's going to be a, a fun week. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also, the website, 670thescore.com. I write Cubs and Sox every day from spring training, Matt. Bruce, will be following you along, and you follow me on Twitter, Matt Spiegel 670 and uh, Bruce will be covering both teams and writing and on the air all week. Thank you so much, Bruce. Safe, uh, safe times out there. Enjoy yourself. Now go back to sleep. Uh, will do. <laughs> it is Matt Spiegel and Bruce Levine wrapping up inside the clubhouse. Uh, Nick Shepkowski and I will carry you the next three hours next on 670 The Score.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.